Uh, want to go right back out to our guest line and welcome in longtime state of Michigan sports writer. Seems like he's writing more now than he has in many years. He is also our director of research for this show, our number one numbers cruncher, Captain Database, and uh, just don't talk about the Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, or New York Jets game, rather, I guess I should say. I want to welcome in Bob Trippy. Bob, how are you? Well, I'm I'm a little down today. I didn't win that two billion dollar jackpot. Otherwise, oh. you would have called. You would have tried calling my number, and you would have got a busy signal. Really? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I would I would have been talking to my financial planner. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> and what would you have done if you had won? Um, I wouldn't be talking to you, Jack. <laughs> Ever again, probably. No, no. no. You know, I would I be my, talking to you if I won, Bob. Yeah, if if I, I'd won, be saying, "Huh, I won." You didn't know I would. Do. I, you know, I, I've thought of that many times. That if I ever won money yeah. like that, yeah. I would I would probably give most of it away to charity. Yeah. You know, I I, I the do Trippy Foundation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. I'm, I'm a big believer in feeding the homeless and stuff like that. So I would create a foundation and I would try to divvy up the money to to help people and all that. You know, um, that that would be my thing. You know, I would keep a very small portion of it, but you know, the rest I'd designate to to helping others and all that. Yeah. So. Well, that, a lot of people say that that's easy to do until you have the check and then suddenly you find yeah. a, a lot of relatives you forgot you had. They're, they're all there waiting oh, yeah. in your driveway. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. You know, who are you again? <laughs> all right. We have a lot to talk about today, including some great research you have done with Michigan state football and with the big 10. Um, but first I want to talk a little bit about, college basketball and you were in ann arbor last night right can you believe it <laughs> yeah, I, yeah i was there the fun the funny part was i haven't been in chrysler arena since they renovated the place yeah. chrysler center so, now right yeah so so i walk in no problem and everything like that and i asked i asked the guy i said uh, i noticed that the 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 area where i used to sit i said it's not there he says oh just go over there he's pointing to the same area and so i go up the stairs I get to the area where I normally would sit, and the guy says, oh, you're up there. So I go all the way up to the rafters and everything like that, and the guy says, no, 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 you're on the other side. So I had to walk all the way around the arena and get over to the other side and everything like that. I go and I sit down, and uh, there's there's no seating chart or anything like that. So I'm figuring, okay, everybody can sit where they want to sit. And then next thing I know, somebody comes and posts a seating chart, and somebody shows up and says, oh, you're sitting in my seat. I'm like, God, this is like musical chairs over here. All they have to do is play the music, and you know, I'll just. Yeah, Why don't you along. ask uh, somebody there? Did you ask uh, Chad Shepard? You, you did. Tom Wyrod yeah. oh, or Chad yeah. Shepard? What did they tell well, you? I had, I Sitting in the seen, parking lot? Yeah, I hadn't seen Tom, uh, you know, yet, and I ran into Tom Wyrod, you know, finally, and I said, yeah. My God, you guys changed this whole place around. He said, Do you know where they do the, the interviews now? I says, No, I don't have the slightest idea. So then he showed me where that was, and I'm like, wow, yeah. this place has really changed. But it's very nice what they did there. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been a while. You know, they would yeah. do to, it's like Mun, and that was older than that. You know, when you get up to that place, what, opened in 68, I think? This is so, the late 60s. I know yeah. that. So you're yeah. talking about, you know, 40 plus years, 45 years at least, close to 50. Um, you know, and hey, Mon was less than that, but they, they, they made some nice changes with that too. You'll see when mm-hmm. you get there. But what did you think of this Michigan team? Well, 
there were times they looked really good, and then there there were times where they looked like the team that lost four of its five starters. I mean, the only one, the only starter returning back was Hunter Dickinson, mm-hmm. and uh, he was he was basically unstoppable against yeah. Purdue Ford Wayne because yeah. the tallest player I think was six eight or six nine. So all he had to do was just throw the ball, in, you know, inside the the hunter, and it was an easy shot for him. I think at one point he had hit like five of his first first six, you know, field goals in that. Yeah. And, you know, he was dominant on the boards and everything. And that was to be expected. What we didn't know was who's going to, like, pick up the slack from, mm-hmm. you know, the, the scores that were missing. And, you know, there was a lot of talk about uh, Jet Howard, you know, the youngest, well, I shouldn't say the youngest, uh, you know, the younger son of um, Jawan Howard. Howard yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Jay How'd Howard, he look? His, you know, he looked pretty darn good. Yeah, there, there he is times, pretty good. Yeah. yeah, there were times that you could tell he's a freshman. He's going to make some freshman mistakes, and Jawan yeah. pointed that out after the game. But uh, he's got a nice shot from outside, and he showed that uh, you know, pretty smart player. He knew yeah. where to feed it down low. And yeah, I think he's very he, good. I think he has a chance yeah. to be Big Ten freshman of the year. We'll see. Yeah, we'll absolutely, see. Yeah. absolutely. So you know, for for playing the team that they did, um, they looked okay. You know, I'm not willing to go out and say, oh, you know, how much I'm bigger so were they physically? Because they got out rebounded by six, and I would think that any team that Hunter Dickinson's on against uh, Purdue Fort Wayne, I don't know what happened to the Indiana part of that, but uh, well, you know, I, I would think that they would not be out rebounded. Well, you know what? Actually, uh, Michigan was a little smaller. Other than you take away uh, uh, Dickinson, mm-hmm. uh, the other team kind of had a little bit more size, and okay. that kind of you know. So Michigan uh, plays small a lot. Yeah, yeah, they started with three guards, and uh, but after that, it was just kind of they're firing it up from here to there. I mean, they yeah. shot you know around forty-seven percent for the game and everything, but um, it was defense, you know, which yeah. is what Howard you know basically yeah. preaches over there. They, they neither team shot well from three. No, right? yeah, no, neither team did. Uh, you know, I, I believe that uh, Port. Um, yeah, Port Purdue, uh, Fort Wayne shot what twenty three point seven percent, and Michigan shot thirty one percent. So there were a lot right. of threes that were being tossed up there. There were what sixty sixty seven threes were were put up, and only eighteen were made. So um, yeah. there's a lot of that. And uh, meanwhile, you know, in East Lansing, Bob, uh, Michigan State uh, had a seventy three fifty five win. So these teams were roughly the same: nineteen points, eighteen points. Uh, Michigan State getting that win over Northern Arizona. And Tom Izzo was reasonably happy after the game. I don't say he was thrilled, but uh, you know, he's, I've seen him with uh, bigger margins of victory and be less pleased than he was last night. I think he saw uh, the glass being half full for the most part. And uh, Joey Hauser played well. Uh, some other people played pretty well. And uh, really, no one struggled mightily other than uh, Tyson Walker, who's by far their best shooter, I think. He's got 48% from deep last year. He was 0 for 4 there and 3 for 11 from the field. Um, did have five assists. But uh, I, I thought Michigan State played okay last night, about what I would have thought. And they're going to have to play a lot better than that on the aircraft carrier against Gonzaga. 
Yeah, well, the way I, I look at you know both games is it's the first game of the season. You don't know what you what you got until you really get out there when the right. games start counting. Right. And I think that there's going to be growing pains for for probably old schools. I think you know somewhat. I think Michigan State's got a lot more veteran uh, veterans to deal with and all that versus Michigan. I think they're going to have more growing pains than Michigan State. Um, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. You know, Michigan State's going to get tested very early, as we as we both know. They've got probably the toughest non-conference schedule in America, and uh, these guys will definitely be you know tested uh, by the time they end up getting back to Breslin. You know, to face. I think they come back to play Villanova, don't they? If I'm not mistaken. It's- well, yeah, they've got uh, this game, then Kentucky four days later. And, uh, you know, then they wind up with Villanova and Notre Dame. And so it, it, it doesn't get a whole lot easier. Uh, plus, plus what they have in the PK-85, starting off with a, a really athletic Alabama team. And then there's a chance they could play number one North Carolina, depending on uh, how it goes with the other side of the bracket. So Michigan State is going to face maybe the toughest of many tough schedules that Tom Izzo has devised. I, th- I think we looked at it a few weeks ago, and it's it's very possible they could play the if everything stays the same, they could play the number one, the number two, the number three, and the number four ranked teams. It's very it's very possible depending on how things work out in you know in the tournament and all yeah. that. So um, yeah, so I ho- I you know I hope Michigan State fans realize that you know. This this is a test. This is this is to get them ready for the rest of the season. And you know you can't jump ship if they come back. You know after playing all these teams with with a losing record. I mean I, I think you know re- reality has to set in. This is more of a thing to help them grow and to see where they stand uh, as far as you know the top tier competition that's supposedly uh, uh, out there this year. So. We'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. You know, nothing would surprise me. <laughs> you know, the way sports have been going lately, nothing would surprise me. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, college football, and <laughs> uh, you've done some incredible uh, number crunching here on Michigan State's rushing attack, such as it is. And looked really good the first two games uh, against Western Michigan and Akron, as it should. And then uh, the bottom fell out. And a little bit better uh, last week, but still, for the season, you're talking about over nine games. We now have enough uh, to make some conclusions, to draw some conclusions here. And what should we be drawing? Well, it's it's definitely not like a team we had last year in terms of rushing and all that. You know, it's it, many times it's hard to come by when they just need a couple yards, uh, and and it shouldn't be. And you know, I I ended up. You had been talking to Stephen Brooks. You had mentioned it to me. You said, you know, you'd you'd love to get the data of uh, just the rushing totals of. You had a hypothesis of how many times that they were stuffed at the line of scrimmage and all that. Yeah. Well, if you if you take out, you know, and remember in college football they count sacks as part of the rushing totals. Right. Well, 
I was able to sanitize that with the numbers. So there's no sack numbers in here whatsoever. Mm -hmm. This is just pure actual rushing plays. So to date, Michigan State has, has run the ball 236 plays. Right. Of that, 46 times. 236 is, planned plays. Uh, we're not talking about quarterback traps, right? Right. Okay. Right, right, right. So there's 236 rushing plays. Of that, 46 times or 19.5%, they've been held to zero or minus yardage. Hmm. So you're, you're, you're talking almost 20% of the time. What? One in five, one in five, every one in five times they're either going to get zero or minus yardage. Right. Now, if of those 236 plays, there have been 78 times or 33% where they've been held to one yard or less. Hmm. So, you know, that's not a good number. That's not a number that you want to see in terms of, you know, do you have a rushing game of that or not? Um, if you need a yard, you got to hope that, you know, the numbers are, are, are way in your favor, but 33% of the time, you're not, you can't even get a yard right. or less. Right, so, that's bad. Um, you know, eight out of the 22 times, uh, oh, okay, wait a minute. So th there's also out of the 236 plays, 32 uh, of the 236 plays right. have been for one yard. Wow. That's around 13.6%. Okay, I, I, I condensed some of this, Bob, and uh, so we don't weigh people down with oh, yeah. numbers and yeah. blow their mind here. Uh, I consider a productive rushing play, generally. Okay, now it's different if you're on the goal line, you got to get a foot, and then uh, 13 inches is a good game. But for the most part, I think you need four yards to make it a positive play because if you get 3-3-3 three, three, three and uh, you're deep in your own territory, you have to punt. So I think four yards is generally considered to be a plus play and keeps you ahead of the sticks. And Michigan State has had three yards or less. That goes all the way back to negative eight yards. But from negative eight up to positive three, 130 of those 236 plays, or 50, a little more than 55% of the time, Michigan State has not gained four yards. And I think that must be... <sighs> One of the lowest I can remember. Certainly, nothing like it was with Kenneth Walker. No, no, and and you know that's that's the thing too is you know you look at the numbers and, and, and we've all witnessed it on on Saturdays when we've seen the game and they're in like a third and two or something like that uh, or or they need four yards and then they they get stopped in the behind the line of scrimmage. You know, we had that stat earlier in the year where we talked about. Um, I think it was Pro Football Focus came up with it, where they said that you know in, in one of the games they're mm -hmm. being hit a half a yard behind the line of scrimmage. Correct. Right. So that's pretty you know, revealing when on the majority of your plays the initial contact is behind the line of scrimmage. Exactly. So yeah, it's been it's been a rough year. It's, and I thought they were a little better Saturday for for a number of reasons. One of them I thought that it was uh, Jay Johnson's best job of calling plays all season. I wasn't wild. I didn't guess I didn't understand what was going on at the end of the game. But uh, I'd say for the first 59 minutes, I thought that that was his best job of calling plays. And I think there were a couple of reasons for that. Uh, we saw Brandon Baldwin, 
uh, Vince Baldwin's son, uh, who was in there replacing Jarrett Horst. And I don't know if you saw me uh, doing a standing ovation for that for <laughs> television, but um, uh, I thought Brandon Baldwin played well. And yeah. uh, I think that he has acquitted himself now well enough in those two starts that uh, this should not be a competition moving forward. And I thought that even with the loss of Matt Carrick, again, early in the game, this guy gets hurt a ton. Uh, and uh, we saw, you know, you, you bring someone in, you bring in a portal guy, Brian Green, and he struggles mightily. And then he used a few other guys, and uh, I thought Geno Vandemark and, and even Kevin Wigginton came in on one play, one play, and had a terrific block going down the line of scrimmage and sprung a guy for 24 yards. So uh, we talk about the backs. A lot of it always is, unless you're talking about uh, uh, Kenneth Walker or Barry Sanders or someone like that, it's do they have a crack of day, daylight there? Is there anything that gives them uh, some room to, and then can they find it? And uh, for some cases in Michigan State, maybe the backs have misread the holes. But a lot of times, uh, there is no hole. Yeah, that's that's the thing is, you know, we've watched these games and you're just kind of scratching your head saying, is it the line? Is it the backs? Uh, yeah. I think it's a combination of both, yeah. what you're seeing. And, and when you really look at it, um, you know, you're, you're right about what you said about the, they're playing much better, you know, from a rushing standpoint. I right. mean, they, they averaged 4.2 yards per carry against Illinois, and that's the right. best that they've had since uh, the Maryland game when they averaged 5.1. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and I, I think definitely by having Baldwin in there, that did, uh, you know, it, it did help. I think Vandemark in there, the uh, I think he's a sophomore, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. That's, you know, he looked pretty good from what I could see. So, you know, maybe this is the start. Granted, you're playing Rutgers. Now, yeah. Grant, the other thing you've got to think about, Rutgers has a very good defense. You know, I know a lot of people don't believe that. I mean, they just don't have an offense. That's, well, that's a huge problem for Rutgers, them. Rutgers, I'm, I'm a little surprised uh, that it's a 10-point spread. Not, not to say that uh, Michigan State couldn't uh, have a convincing victory, but this was a team that led Michigan 17-14. Yeah, yeah. You know, if they if they had, and we just saw Michigan in its previous half to this, uh, you know, had the ball for twenty three minutes and five seconds against Michigan State. So uh, I guess I wouldn't say that Rutgers isn't capable of a win. I've seen a lot better Michigan State teams than this struggle with Rutgers. I've seen them lose a bunch of times to Rutgers. And, uh, you know, I've seen some Michigan State teams that, that had great records struggle with Rutgers. Yeah, we only have to go back a couple of years ago where Greg Schiano is, what, his first game back as yeah. head coach of Rutgers came into Michigan State. They got all those uh, turnovers, and they yeah. ended up Mel uh, Tucker's shocking. first game, too. Yes. Seven yeah. turnovers. Yeah. He said at the press conference Monday, someone asked about that game. He said, you had to remind me about that. But there were other games that even Michigan State had really good teams, and they nearly got stung. They they did not in those seasons, but there were other seasons where Rutgers did get them. And so, uh, you know, I, I, Michigan State should win this game. But they got to show up. And this is not a just throw your, you know, uh, supporter out there and uh, you're going to win. So uh, I would think that Michigan State's got some, some work to do this week. 
and follow it, follow it up. Uh, last week was really a master class on how to handle adversity. <laughs> Couldn't have had much more. And you consider the eight suspensions and all the players who kept limping to the sideline. I know Brett Bielema didn't like that, and some of the Illini fans didn't like it. But it is what it is. You know, you get injured, you're probably going to leave the game. So, uh, you know, Michigan State has some work to do, and we saw Ohio State for a second straight game get outgained. So I think Ohio State has some uh, has some real work to do before it plays Michigan, um, play the way it did at Northwestern. It will not win that game. I don't care where it is. Well, I think, too, with Ohio State, um, they're missing Henderson, and they're playing, uh, they were playing without uh, Jibba Smith, yeah. uh, the wide receiver. Uh, Mayan Williams is, is almost as good, or just as good, Bob. He's just a different kind of back. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's well, like last year if you'd said, okay, well, Michigan is without – Hassan uh, Haskins. Well, you know they still have Blake Corum, and and it takes two right. a lot of times. That's right. So yeah, that that weather was was wicked in the first half. Yeah, I don't know if you yeah, watched yes. any of that game. That, and that that hurt. Uh, I think that, Ohio State. Uh, the passing yeah. game certainly hurt a lot more than it did Northwestern. Just running sweep right or, or you know about four plays out of the Wildcat. That's all they did. And we saw even south of Chicago, the Windy City. Uh, down in Champaign, we saw a guy whiff on a punt. Hadn't right. seen that since a, a Giants-Bears game back in the 80s. Well, you know, and and then, too, with Michigan State, I think it affected us with, with our kicking game, you know, which, you know, to me, I'm still trying to figure out what the heck is going on with the kicking game. Uh, yeah. that That is, to me, has been a disappointment. I'm not talking about yeah. punting. I'm talking about you know, yeah. hitting field goals and right. extra points, something right. something we're not used to. I mean, Michigan yeah. State's been known for having, you know, Great kickers, uh, kickers. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that have, you know, been consistent and dependable. And right now, I'm not exactly sure what's going on there. You yeah. know, granted, I, I'm willing to give them. It's been an issue know, all the, year, Bob, but when you think about the 35-mile-an-hour winds with gusts up yeah. to 50, and you think about all the issues with the snap, uh, you know, it's <laughs> – not just talking about a punt snap in Ann Arbor, but you can think about the Wisconsin game. At the end, they were positioned for a, a winning field goal, and, you know, the ball bounces four times going back. But you got a guy who he's not there to do that. They brought in an outstanding snapper, maybe the best in the country. You don't often scholarship a snapper. They did, and, and you know, he's automatic, but then he gets hurt. Injured, yep. And when you get hurt, I don't know any team in the country that has two uh, snappers on scholarship. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, uh, you know that's one thing I think that a lot of people forget is yeah. the fact that you got a guy that is not exactly the same, you know, the same level, talent level yeah. as, uh, you know, what's his name, Pepper, right? Yeah, uh, Hank Pepper. Hank Pepper, yeah. and uh, obviously it's in his bloodline because his brother is playing for the San Francisco 49ers. No, 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 no. You know what? They're not related. They're not related. They're not related. I was I was amazed, but no, I've I've done everything, but uh, you know, check out the DNA on this. But no, I, I have it from from both sides that they are not what, related. What are the what are the odds of yeah, that? I know both <laughs> named Pepper. I know it's it's an easy assumption to make, but it is not true. Wow! No. Wow! Yeah. I didn't know that. I so if you're recruiting a snapper, you're looking for somebody. Uh, you know, Pepper's a good place to start. You might want to yeah, check with, yeah, exactly. You know, Jabril Pepper wow. or, or uh, Julius Pepper. Uh, I huh. wanted to go over a couple of other things with you quickly, uh, and we appreciate you joining us on Tuesday this week. 
instead of uh, you, the usual Monday. You had the basketball obligation yesterday. So uh, this was interesting. Michigan State last week uh, sweeps Wisconsin in hockey. 5 uh, nothing and 5-1. So a nine-goal differential over uh, another Big Ten program. And the last time Michigan State had done that, Bob, uh, against another Big Ten school was 1993 against Ohio State. Then had done it in uh, 89, had done it a couple times against Michigan when Michigan was not where it is now. Uh, and then to do it against Wisconsin, you had to go all the way back to 1965 where they'd had back-to-back wins that convincing. And this week, Michigan State entertaining Ohio State it's not often you find Ohio State ahead of Michigan in the Big Ten hockey standings. But when you think about Michigan State and Ohio State hockey, I, I couldn't believe this. From 1976 through 1996, so 20 seasons, Michigan State was 51-5-3 against the Buckeyes. 51-5-3. So won more than 10 out of every 11 games. Okay, Right. The last 10 years... Michigan State's won 10, Ohio State's won 28, five ties. So, you know, you can do the math. Uh, it's been amazing how Ohio State has turned this around, and we'll see if Michigan State can get some points uh, because Ohio State's one point ahead of them in the Big Ten standings. Well, yeah, it, you know, I I, I want to say that Michigan State has really – really improved in, in my mind based off of what I've seen so far. I've yeah. had a chance to, you know, I haven't been there in person, but I've had a chance yeah. to see some of their games. I've, uh, you know, also listened to Adam Nightingale and yeah. talked to people who have been there. And they said that this, this is not your typical Michigan state team that we've seen right. over the last few years. They're passing the puck. Yeah. They're aggressive. They're taking a lot of shots. Um, they're well-disciplined, and, you know, that's something that, you know, is, is very good to see and good to hear about because, you know, I was looking, uh, I think College Hockey News came out with their poll, was it yesterday? And I think Michigan State's number 15 in their poll. Wow, so that, surprising. Yeah. Well, Michigan yeah. was number one, and, uh, you know, for good reason, I think, but we couldn't find a time where a team had been number one in the national rankings and been in last place in its conference. <laughs> and uh, that changed Saturday night. Um, Michigan did get an overtime win over Penn State, so it did it did get some points. But at that point, Michigan State was 0-1 in the conference. It was uh, tied for last place, but number one in the nation. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, if you go to collegehockeynews.com, okay. they they have the NCAA tournament pairwise comparison ratings, and right now Michigan State's number 15. Where's Michigan? Mi- Michigan is number 12. Huh? Yeah. Okay. So you know, if if you go back to last year, we probably weren't even in the top 30. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not even so, close. No, no. So, but. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very pleased. I think Adam is doing a a great job thus far, and I'm very interested to see. You know, I, I remember Ron Mason always telling us that by the time they get to the Great Lakes uh, tournament, you know, they're no longer uh, considered freshmen; they're considered veterans, and they're playing at a at a different level. If 
based off of what we've seen so far, if they take it up another level, I think Michigan State fans will be pleased with, you know, how this thing works out the remainder of the year. Um, you know, I thought getting the 500 would be, uh, you know, realistic, uh, a realistic goal, but who knows? They may surprise us and maybe a, a little bit better than that. And uh, I'm, I'm planning on getting up there to catch a game or two and, uh, who knows? I'll probably be covering one of them the, the way I'm covering everything else right now. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, good time. To, you know, it's a good time to, you know, you got Michigan State basketball. You know, hopefully Michigan State football is going to win the next two games or potentially three. We don't know. Um, Needs two women, more to be bowl eligible, yes, which was something yes. that a lot of people did not see before the Wisconsin game. Exactly. If you had exactly. told people at that point, said, hey, you know what? Uh, you're going to win two out of three, and you're going to hold Michigan under 30 points. Uh, you could have got some long odds on that. Well, the, the guy across the street from me is a huge Penn State fan, and he he drives to every single home Penn State game. And wow. He told me yesterday, he's. I said, so look at the rest of your schedule. What worries you? He says, the Michigan State game. I said, that's at Happy Valley. He says, we haven't been too happy over there many times, you know, when Michigan State has come in, and they've, they've always seen the surprises, you know, when yeah. we least Couple expect times. it. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, you know, who knows how it's going to all work out. Let's, let's hope that they, you know, continue a little bit of momentum here. They've won two of their last three games, and they're going to be favored. You know, they're favored this week. They'll be favored, I'm sure, against Indiana. And, uh, you know, then they close it out, you know, the regular season against Penn State, and we'll see how those, may, you know, how it may fall there. So, you know, here's an interesting stat for you. When was the last time that Michigan, Michigan State, and the Detroit Lions won on the same weekend? When is it? 2015. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> you had to go back, you know, seven years to find the last time that they all won on the same weekend. Yeah. And when you think about that, Bob, plus you add in an Alabama loss and a Clemson loss. Oh, my God. I'll bet you really have to go back a ways. Yeah, I would say so. Huh? You might you might have to go back to before Nick Saban days at Alabama. Uh, one more thing, very quickly, and uh, there's been so much going back and forth uh, the last ten days with Michigan and Michigan State. I'm frankly just so fatigued by this whole thing. But uh, today, uh, apparently now, there's a statement by an attorney. Doesn't say who he's representing. Um, I don't know. I don't have a lot of respect for the legal profession sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm not saying, you know, what what really happened. I don't have all the information. I'm not going to draw conclusions on something like that. Uh, I think this is a bad rivalry, and, they're, you know, they're certainly mistakes. Michigan State's uh, made a bunch of them and been uh, punished for those mistakes, and now there's uh, legal uh, proceedings, I guess, looming. And a guy named, is it David Diamond? Dave Diamond? Yes. Yeah, he's a lawyer based in Los Angeles. Based in Los Angeles. Okay. So uh, he's now, he has an allegation. He has his version of what happened there. He wasn't there. Yeah. But apparently he's, now he. He's, he's representing a Michigan State player. He doesn't say what player he's representing. But he's saying, quote, we have learned that the U of M players started the, the altercation. Oh. Eyewitnesses have described it as charging with his helmet and throwing a punch. 
What does he have any video evidence of this? Is this just uh, some theory? Do we know what? Um, you know, I can't imagine that if Michigan State's trying to get this thing handled and get it done, and you know, of course, you want to shed as much light on the situation as you can, but uh, this doesn't sound like uh, it's going to help things in any way. And he, he better no. be right when he says this. He damn better be right. Yeah, unless he should shut his mouth. But hey, you're a lawyer now; you can do anything you want. We've seen that in Washington, right? Right. Matt Charbonneau has the the article out there; it's online now. And you know, uh, it says uh, that Michigan. Okay, he's the reason for his statement was to push back against the narrative that Michigan's players are innocent in the altercation, and all of the blame lies with the Michigan State players. So. it's interesting, though, that a lawyer in Los Angeles. Why is he doing this ahead of the, maybe he wants to get out in front of the investigation. I guess that's uh, legal you know, yeah. posturing. All right. Uh, Bob, thanks so much for joining us. Um, you know, it's funny. I, before we bring Jim Stark in, I have to tell you, I had two comments about our segments. <laughs> Almost exact opposite reaction. One guy said, uh, you know, I listen to your show. I love your show. You know what I really like most about it? I was hoping he'd say me. He said, Bob Trippy. I said, really? Yeah, Bob Trippy said, I learned so much from that guy. Uh, I look forward to it. I look forward to every Monday. He was probably despondent last, yesterday that you weren't on. I said, yeah, you know that guy, and he's got so much research. What does he do? Does he ever sleep? All this stuff. And then the other guy comes up, and it was about 20 minutes later, and uh, he said, you know, I'm still listening to you on the radio. I said, oh, yeah, any feedback? He said, you know, the only thing that, that uh, I, I really have a hard time with is when you have the numbers guy on. And I said, oh, really? You mean you mean Bob, Bob Trippy?" And he said, yeah, you know, I like him, but it's just so much math. I can't do math. And if I'm driving, I want to pull over. So, I don't, you know, <laughs> you can't please everybody, right? Exactly. Only Jim Stark can do that. He's coming up next. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, Bob. Really appreciate it. All right, talk to you soon. We will be back with Jim Stark in just a couple of minutes. He was there at Breslin Center last night, and uh, I'm even going to turn on his microphone. It's a Drive with Jack, the Spotlight Radio Network. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.